Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93 on the bill. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull, a texter into the UPS shop. Text line suggests with my aversion to spending any kind of preparation time paying attention to kickers of footballs, that it would be great to have Art Carmody on the show and not let me talk to him. I think that's probably how I love we should that do idea. It. Yeah. I don't know if Art probably would, uh, bla- you know, blacklist us, boycott the show because you don't acknowledge the importance of special teams. Can I try and make a distinction that, like, I recognize it's important. It's just not important to me. <laughs> like, I, Jeff Brom damn well better know all about kickers and punters. I don't have to. But the fact, like, our kicker and punter are returning next year, and you didn't really know who they were. I knew about Travelstead. But you didn't remember who Brady Hodges was? Yeah. I mean, why? Because he punted for half the season. Who likes it when you punt? That's usually when I get mad and start talking to Blankenbeck in the press box. Yeah. It must make you mad if you resorted to talking to Blankenbeck. See? I'm just kidding. Love Blank. By the way, real quick, um, Caitlin Clark has moved into fourth place in the all-time scoring list. Can you name any of the players in front of her? I think Spencer probably can. At least one. Stewie? No. Really? Cheryl Miller? Wow. Sabrina? Nope. Lisa Leslie? Nope. Candace Parker? Nope. Really? I'm out. Maya Moore? Well, one of them, like, they're all, one of them's really, it was a pretty big deal when she set the record a couple years ago. Kelsey Plum. Kelsey Plum, okay. Yeah, yeah. And the other two, I mean, Kelsey Mitchell played at Ohio State. She wasn't as well known, but she's recent. Can she kick? <laughs> Not that I know of. Okay. And Jackie Styles is the other one. But she passed Brittany Griner into fourth, so you would know that name. Sure. She can kick, I'm sure. Yeah. Kayla Clark's unreal, though. She's just ridiculous. So how far away is she from the record? Because I've see, I seen odds on like FanDuel or DraftKings where you can bet when she sets She's the like record. like 300 away. Uh, not even that. No, yeah. Two, She's 221 points behind Kelsey Plum. I mean, she's going to pass her. She's dropping 30 a game. And fun to watch, and now the uh, she's become a traveling show. 
Uh, there's all these yeah. uh, statistics now about the percentages of increase in yeah. attendance when they play road games. She's, she's wild, man. She's revenue positive it's, <laughs> for it's like a bunch of people. For a bunch of teams, for the entire Big Ten. She just, she just consistently, she can hit from the from the logo just consistently. She's great for women's basketball, especially college basketball. The star power we've had over the last couple of years have been really good for women's basketball. It's grown the game. Like no I, about it. I hate that I will return a lot of their stars from last year because I was watching. I was like that Marshall girl. I was like, they still have her. Like, what the hell? Gabby Marshall. Yeah, like I thought they graduated, but COVID the big, the big was the only one that like they were all seniors. But I think the the big from last year, I'm blanking our name, and though she killed us. Uh, she was really good, and she was fifth year. I don't think she didn't have any eligibility left, but the rest of them had a COVID year in their pocket. At least, uh, like. To at least two of the other starters did, Gabby Marshall included. Uh, they brought in a couple of – and the the big they brought in to replace the big is really good. So it's just the whole thing is – I mean, Kaylin, because she's unreal. She, I love watching her play, but, yeah. If not Louisville, I wouldn't mind seeing Iowa win it all this year. If not Louisville, as long as it's not LSU, kind of don't right. care. Honestly. That's true, too. And, I mean, South Carolina is inevitable, but I like Don Staley so much, I just don't mind. She yeah, I don't – it doesn't bother me. It right. doesn't. It does. I'd love to beat her. Sure, but her winning doesn't annoy me yet. Right. I'm sure it's we'll not like there. Gino got to right. that point where it's like you're undefeated four years in a row. Gino, like what the hell? This isn't sure. funny anymore. He had two separate stretches where they went like three seasons plus undefeated. It was unreal. Um, but yeah, other news. Like I heard the the boys talking on the V show without me, like trying to rank recent centers in the NFL because of Jason Kelsey's retirement, and it just it almost hurt me my core to hear them talk about it without me did you have i have opinions yes okay i'm guessing jeff saturday was mentioning so i'm sure is it oh, Zach was all, on, so it had to be. look jeff saturday is, is is an incredible center i think he's top five in the last 25 years but he's not the best center of the last he's, he's fifth of the five in my opinion and and jason kelsey's unreal and it's really funny they were pulling up like the philadelphia eagles they're their tweet from when they drafted him and they misspelled his last name. Pronounced, yep. they, they spelled it like Kelsey, like the girl's name, like Kelsey Plum. Yep. And uh, <laughs> that's pretty great. And now he's... Last chance is 2011 with all the, the fact-checking with uh, draft announcements and right. everything. I'd say Kelsey is... It's a cut. Like, I'm I'm biased towards Kevin Moai. Obviously, I think Moai is one of the, the best centers ever to play the game. Uh, but if you're talking about just the last 25 years, the conversations, I think Kelsey... Uh, Alex Mack, who played for the Browns for a long time. Um, let's see, Olin Krutz is in there. Uh, Kevin Mawai. And that fifth spot is probably Jeff Saturday. And it's those five. And then if Travis Frederick hadn't had to retire early yeah, because of on his, his health conditions, he was on his way to being one of the best to ever do it. So on pure talent alone, I'd put Travis Frederick. Frederick in the top four. I mean, he was all pro like four times in his seven years. Um, but yeah, those are the six. But people here obviously are going to rank Jeff Saturday higher than than I would. But man, he's an all-time center. He's just not. He's not better than, than Jason Kelsey. In my so at this uh, press conference today uh, with Todd Bowles with uh, Tampa Bay hitting the road for Detroit for the divisional playoff uh, round this weekend, he was asked... Look, we just had this crazy weekend with the insane weather in yeah. Kansas City, the insane weather in Buffalo, uh, and there. 
he was asked if he had any concerns about the weather in Detroit. Listen to this. Coach, uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today, it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we've seen it to. Any to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? And they got a dome. I don't um, no, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus, going under the thing, so we'll be okay. That is brutal. That is painfully awkward. I just love that she, it was a long question. Long setup, long question, yeah. and his answer could have just been, you know, we play indoors, right? And he could have just stopped. It would have he been was very painful. gracious was. for how, like, that's a there's a no win situation. Yeah, a, like they you know we play indoors right kind of thing, like came across not like super smug as it could have been if it was like a Belichick or like Tomlin <laughs> yeah. giving that answer. Kim Mulkey. It could have gone. Uh, could have gone a lot of different ways. Playing a dome. <laughs> you should lose your credentials. <laughs> like is that, is that, that your Mulkey? Yeah. Is that good? <laughs> it's just kind of yell. <laughs> That's all the energy I'm devoting to replicating that. Fair word. enough. But that's the, that's as awkward as it could be, and I don't. There's really isn't a good way. He's a classy guy, though. Like, he is. Todd Bowles, classy. You know that. So he's. He, what do you do in that situation? Because obviously she's probably not like at that point. Like we were talking earlier, she's probably not a sports reporter. Yeah, that's got to be like they send yeah. somebody from the news. Yeah. Down who so, does doesn't watch Detroit football, which none of us do. And I'm sure the uh, I'm sure the other oh, I do. Lions are fun now but like we all know generally speaking if you watch the nfl and we all are fiends for football you watch the nfl we have a pretty good handle on everybody who plays indoors and everybody who doesn't if i throw a team at you you could probably tell me you know if you don't then you don't and that's unfortunately when you have somebody who's probably not a sports reporter i'm sure the other sports reporters in that pool were probably less gracious in their reactions than Todd Bowles was. Oh, if we could get a camera shot of like the mm. the people asking the questions and the oh, other media, they're just like, "What? Are, where are you going with this?" Like, I mean, they've they moved into the Pontiac Silverdome, nineteen seventy five. Yeah, forty eight years they've played in a dome. The Pontiac That's Silverdome and Fort Field, like they're all. It's just. Yeah, you know when I was a kid, they played. Didn't they played uh, the when uh, Cincinnati played San Francisco in the Super Bowl the first time? The uh, they played in it was in Detroit. It was, yeah. and I always thought to myself, why the hell is that thing so dark? Like all the highlights and pictures and everything from it, it looks like one of those old SEC West gyms. Like the, oh, there's yeah. no lights. Like what are we doing? We played the Super Bowl in these things. Like you got to save money somewhere, Mark. All right. That's a lot of money to to light that place. Yeah, New Orleans was like, yeah, we'll just play, take the lights, half the lights off for right. a part of the game. That's right. Yeah. Turn it off, no. turn it back on. That was Beyonce's fault, wasn't that the? It uh, was. Wasn't that what everybody yeah. said? Everyone Beyonce's blamed Beyonce. Fault. I blamed her. Blamed her for the outage because of her halftime show. We never really got to the bottom of that, right? We didn't. Surely we can come up with a better. I mean, theory we than Beyonce. could get a Ravens and a 49ers rematch in Las Vegas. 
Yeah. And is Usher going to turn the lights off? Usher. I forgot that Usher was the halftime show. Oh, that's fantastic. By the way, did you see um, uh, PK Kong, her, her announcement that she's coming back to the volleyball team? I'll play it for you in the break. Like she, they cut up the video. Like she's talking to Usher at the beginning of the the music video. It's it's fantastic. It's really good. So it's her and Anne DeBeer coming back. Yep. Is there anyone else that's coming back? Well, the underclassmen are like Elena Scott's a junior. So yeah, there's a lot of players that are coming back. But as far as the seniors go, it's the two of them that had had the option. I think they're both coming back. Eighty-one fifty ninety three nine. That is uh, the number if you would like to get in here. Thirty-eight thirty-one. 93.9 for the uh, UPS jobs text line. If you want to hit us up uh, that way, uh, we have been talking about uh, this Louisville, North Carolina game tonight, which you'll be able to listen to here on 93 on the Ville. And we'll have post game coverage uh, as well. Even if it's late, we don't pass on any of those. Uh, and the fact that, look, this is a, a real chore uh, for Louisville. This will be uh, as sweet as any win they could possibly get. Uh, both in terms for what it might do for morale to have Miami and North Carolina like this on the road back to or this close together, excuse me, not back to back, uh, but also to beat freaking Armando Baycott, please. Like that would be wonderful. And we sort of uh, game theoried or, or uh, gamed out some scenarios how we think that this happens. Just like with Miami, they'll have to do some things we just have never seen them do. Yeah, maybe at a, at an even better level than they did it at Miami. I don't even know that Miami's effort would would be enough. I don't know. Sorry, Lamar just came on screen with his with his hair uh, out of braids and just looking looking fantastic. I, I sorry, he's he on top looks, of the world right now. I, I love him. I love him so much. I hope it's a Super Bowl year. But yeah, I mean, it, it's gonna it's gonna involve a lot of a lot of things that haven't really happened this year, not on a regular basis, and they're gonna have to do it for forty minutes. This isn't a team I think that that you can you can make one dimensional. I don't think this is a team that. That wins because of one thing they do well. It's a team that wins because they do everything pretty well. And I think the I maybe like sort of the downside of this is ridiculous to be in the situation, but they are the 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 downside of beating Miami is you're at least in the short term. Like there's surely Hubert Davis has been beating them over the head with that. Yeah, about. Not you know if you don't take these guys seriously, this will happen to you. Louisville's at least again in the short term not going to be able to sneak up on or get overlooked. Yeah. Uh, like maybe it was at least a little bit of a factor in the Miami game. We've lost the element of surprise yeah. for sure. What if Jalen Withers is like I play with that coach? I know they ain't going to do anything. Do you think they'll start Jalen Withers just to mess with us? He started some earlier in the year. I mean, not lately, but he he did uh, pre conference. He was starting quite a bit. He did. He's coming off a double figure game, but. Seemed like almost the entire team was in double figures against Syracuse. So, <laughs> but I'm sure he'll come out with some kind of a chip on his shoulder. I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. Although it's not that many players on this team that he can say that he knows their game. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like BHH and Mike James a little bit, but yeah. I mean, really, that's all you're getting into since JJ's out for the year, and uh, I mean Manny's not. We're not sure if he's playing or not. We didn't really get any info on that yet. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did either of you tune in to the uh, what uh, I think a lot of Louisville fans uh, were treating like uh, their own sort of personal audition for the job with Baylor and K State last night? Mm. 
I didn't get to watch it. I was watching ACC games, unfortunately. You were watching uh, NC State players and coaches get tossed left and right? That's right. I watched NC State uh, wake, as we talked about earlier in the show. I was watching that with a... Uh, it was an entertaining game. <laughs> it really <laughs> to the last To the last minute, it was entertaining. Uh, and I was, I was uh, flipping around, but I didn't get to catch any of the Baylor-Kansas State game. By the way, within the last 10 minutes or so, uh, Pete... Is Nakos, so we're going to go with that for the on three fellow that sort of covers a mm-hmm. transfer portal recruiting for them. It has put in his like his prediction for that Taz Nicholson kid uh, that was at Illinois and was heading to Ole Miss to now be the latest uh, to join the Louisville secondary, a defensive back, uh, more depth uh, in that secondary, more guys that have played at the highest level. I'm not sad about it at all. No, it sounds great. And uh, just another notch in our belt against Ole Miss. Are there any other commits in the portal to Ole Miss that we could flip? <laughs> Gosh, I'm I'm now dreaming big that we play Ole Miss in the playoff next year, and Link Kiffin's gonna come out like just so ticked off and maniacal, and he'll come up with a game plan to try to beat us, obviously. But he's gonna be like, "You stole all my players that we're gonna get." They're doing fine, by the way. Yeah, they are. They did lose that seven. running back to Ohio State though. Quinshawn Judkins, yeah, yeah, Ohio State. Interesting, what's happening there? Judkins is, I mean, he's as talented a player as you'll find in the portal, and uh, that was a big loss for them. That's the portal, though. I mean, it's weird. Ole Miss is doing phenomenal in the portal, and they probably had the biggest loss, or one of the two or three biggest losses. Yeah, but if you're going to have a like a prominent player that you would lose from Ole Miss, like a running back, yeah, you know? right. As long as they got quarterbacks and wide receivers, Lane's going to be just fine. It's like, yeah, that was kind of foul money in our offense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, while you're here, right? <laughs> Uh, but did either of you have, so you didn't get to, did you watch at all? No, I was watching the NBA last night. Oh, it was uh, great. I saw a lot of people and tweeting about it though. Jerome yeah. Tang is, uh, he's trending upward uh, right when it seems like everybody else, <laughs> Louisville fans have been interested in, have not played uh, especially well uh, for uh, for Louisville fans when they're watching. But Jerome Tang seems to have Scott Drew's number. I'm a fan of Jerome Tang. I know they had a slow start to the year. Uh, I'm just a fan of his whole aura, his vibe. I think he gets it. And uh, I like the way his teams play. I'm happy that he's trending back up. It really has been hilarious how just about every single time Louisville fans have sort of got their eye on somebody, they've looked like crap. Yep. All of them. Yeah, there was like that one weekend like everyone was getting blown out. I was like, man, we wanted, you know, like Chris Beer. I know some people wanted him and like Jerome Tang. And like, I was like, what's going on this weekend? Like, we wanted these guys. Now they're not a, yeah, I don't consider him a serious option. I look, I never have. Uh, I'm still not convinced he makes it in this year, or this is his. I think this is last year at UCLA. Like I think it's just going so poorly. They're going to bite the bullet there. That's a serious buyout. I don't know about that. It's a serious I know. buyout. I don't know if they. I don't know if they're going to pony up like that. I mean, they don't have the Big Ten money yet. Not yet. Yeah, they just bite on credit. Like like Colorado's like with Dion's like yeah we can't afford we'll you find the money. we'll find the money eventually, which was fair. I mean, I guess. Uh, they've got – Mick Cronin's got Arizona this weekend. I I don't know. Pray for him, I guess. Did you see the uh, – They did beat Washington over the weekend. Yeah, they beat they Washington. They did end the skid. That's true. They did, coming off of being doubled up by Utah. I just don't – I don't know, man. That's been a weird season and a weird kind of uh, turn in his, his saga out there. I, I, I don't love – anything that's going on that season not just the losses but like we talked about last week 
the way he's handling it and dismissing the media and kind of melting down is just not it's not it doesn't bode well for for a job like Louisville. I mean, we've had issues with the way both Chris Mack and Kenny Payne have dealt with the PR and media side of this and I just think Mick Cronin's a bad fit. A bad fit in that way and he'd be way too expensive. Yeah, it's I I do wonder about when you're talking about criteria for the next coach. I think we all agree that temperament and and attitude outward, you know, towards yeah. media and and towards just being a a part like being on shows and being a, a a name and voice that people recognize and promote in the program and all that. It has been, I think, ratcheted way up. And Mick Cronin is picking a, the worst possible time if he really did have any kind of designs on the job to like show his ass uh, and have the team play like ass at the same time. To where I do wonder if if there is any kind of a sense that like that's an issue with that person, if it'll be bad enough that like that's a deal breaker. I feel like it has to be with 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 the issues the last couple of years, unless you are a no brainer, like national championship caliber coach who can point to his just shining results. And like, all right, maybe we can get over this. But we've seen like a guy like Chris Mack was proven. He was a proven, I mean, we know that he had his issues in March, but he was a proven high-level NCAA basketball coach. And he was, regardless of how you feel about the circumstances in which he he ultimately departed Louisville, if you want to say there was, you know, some tumultuous uh, relationships within the, uh, some infighting within the, the administration, that's all fair. But the end of the season before, the way he handled the, the assistance and, and and the way he was melted, I just think that we were headed, we were trending in that direction and that kind of an end, regardless of who was the AD and who was the president at that time. It's t- this job is taking down proven coaches, you know, and you're going to have somebody that's coming into a a terrible situation and a like a, another a rebuild in progress and a, a program that's cratered. It's not going to be easy coming in. This first year, and there's gonna to have to be somebody that definitely handles it while this team struggles and while he's rebuilding, you know. And this is just, I think it's it's nothing's been hammered home more over the last two coaches than we need somebody who can handle that half of the job. Because regardless of how good of a basketball coach you are, your mishandling of that half of the job can affect your ability to coach. Yep. And that's that's kind of the bottom line. Is like people say, well, what? Who cares as long as he wins games? It's not a guarantee that he's gonna win games if he can't handle that half of the job. It, it it permeates everything. It can affect everything. If your if your relationship with the public or the media is poisonous, it can affect everything in your in your program. And that's just it doesn't even have to be like understanding this job can look a lot of different ways. Rick wasn't exactly like Denny, you know. Yeah. Like there's a lot of different ways you can handle this, but you have to handle it. Chris wasn't great with it, and Kenny's been largely avoiding it. You know, and that's just. Those are two ways that you just we've seen it fail spectacularly in two different ways. That half of the job. And and whatever the next guy is, whoever the next guy is, he has to to handle that part of it. The PR, the politician, the glad handing, not the media relationships, all of that. You have to be able to handle that half of the job, almost the ceremonial part, as well as you handle yes. the on the court part of the job. Because they go hand in hand here. And, and you can't I- avoid one half of it. And I would add uh, that 
not only is it part of the job in terms of like keeping fans engaged and it will buy you some patience. So if people know that they like you, even when the results aren't quite there yet, and the, a new coach might have some in-between time there where that would be useful to have. But also I think, you know, in the modern world of uh, NIL, it's not difficult to imagine uh, a kid looking at this and saying, this guy won't promote the program. Yeah. How is he going to promote me? And it being used against him in, in terms of recruiting. And you've just have got, you just, there's no room for introverts anymore. Yeah. There's no place for him. You just can't do it. Yeah. And, and a lot of people think that when we talk about it, like, oh, you're just mad because he doesn't make appearances on radio. Like, no, I don't really care. It's, I don't like that he does that. I, I don't like it, but it's, it's not, not what it is. It's not bitterness. Right. I don't care if he went on any other show. You just have to do something. You know, you don't have to come on this show. It's the promotion that's being left undone. Not yeah, like you don't have to be buddy buddy. Me. You don't have right. to be buddy buddy with the media be friends because I want to be free to be exactly critical when I want to be. Exactly. I'm not trying to like, hang out with him. No, no, I, nobody wants that. I'm we just, just not want, the enemy. Yeah, we just want you to understand your role as a promoter of the program, whether that means direct contact with the public, right? You know, with different like we used to do Cardinal Caravan and stuff like that. Uh, Getting out and seeing that, but you have to have your face. You have to be outward facing. That's kind of the point. Whether whatever that looks like, whether it's weekly media appearances, whether it's uh, you know staying engaged with those type of Cardinal Caravan or, or or something similar, being out in the community in the off season, just and being accountable, being the accountable face of the program takes. It, it means so much, and it has so much to do with your success as a coach. Here, like you just can't shirk that part of the job doesn't work uh, i want to tell you all about my friends at FanDuel. when it comes to the nfl playoffs you've got to win one game at a time but when you bet the nfl playoffs on FanDuel, one game can mean a lot of wins FanDuel, america's number one sports book has all your favorite bets like the money line and the spread plus all sorts of prop bets i know that i've already placed my bet on lamar and the ravens to win the super bowl i've got my future in there you know I'm going to do my parlay. We've got four games this weekend. It just makes too much sense for me. And right now, every day there's an NFL playoff game. FanDuel is giving all customers a no-sweat same-game parlay. That means when you combine all your bets for a chance at a bigger payday, you'll get bonus bets back if your single-game parlay doesn't win. Just visit FanDuel.com biscuit. And you do, if you don't already have an account, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL must be 21 and over and present in Kentucky. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's go ahead and take our last break. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up here on The Drive on Ninth and the Bill. Be right back. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. 
Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull did want to remind you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs. They are bringing you an offer that will help make these playoffs even more electrifying than they have been up to this point, which they kind of weren't. In the first weekend, right? A bunch of blowouts in the one close game. New customers can get or can bet, excuse me, five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. For instance, if you wanted to take the bucks and six points at Detroit uh, in what should be, I think, a pretty fun game that will definitely be played in a dome and not out in the elements, despite what that lady asked Todd Bowles today, you can do that. Plus, everyone gets a no-sweat same-game parlay for every playoff game. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THEVILLE. New customers can uh, bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THEVILLE. The crown, it is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. you got to be 18 or older and physically present in Kentucky. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Opt-in required. One no-sweat token is issued per eligible day after opt-in, and no-sweat bonus bets issued based on the amount of losing qualifying bet. Eligibility, max rewards limits, deposit restrictions, they all apply, and all of these terms can be found at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Good job, Mark. Nailed it. I love Dave just being like a big cheerleader right here. Like, okay, yeah, so you looked up. Go. So I, well, I'm looking at reading that, obviously, and I can see you look up at me, and it makes me think I'm taking too long. No, <laughs> not at all. I was cheering, me. and you then did you great. started. It was cheering. very succinct. You did a good job. Now we talked like, a I little. Go so fast. I mentioned a little something. I don't know what you wanted to get into in this last uh, segment, uh, but I mentioned something to you in the break about the athletic article on, on the, the Kelsey's. Kelsey brothers, which is fantastic. I think everybody should. It's kind of like an oral history. You know, they interviewed a lot of different people uh, from their time at Cincinnati. Um, written by Justin Williams. And there's a couple of little excerpts I wanted to read real quick. This is from Zach Caleros, who's the Cincinnati quarterback. Love him, by the way. Yeah. I think he was one of my favorite opposition players ever. I just thought he was awesome. There's a lot of Cincinnati quarterbacks that I, have been notable, either for being good or for being ridiculous, like Munchie Legault. Nobody will ever forget Munchie Lego. Tony Pike. Gino Gadouli. Anybody remember Gino? Ben Gadouli? Was, was also that? on that team. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Gino Gadouli from Highlands. You know, they, they got a lot of players from northern uh northern Kentucky. Gino Gadouli was on the same high school basketball and football team as Jared Lorenzen. I believe they played together. Uh I might have made that up, but I'm pretty sure that's true. Uh Zach Clare said, for some reason, my dumbass left the bills up to him, so I would pay him cash to pay the bills. One day he's talking about he's actually talking about Travis Kelsey in this one. I one assumed day, he meant Travis. Yeah. Kelsey, one day we came home and the lights were all off. I'm like, <laughs> "Yo, man, what's going on?" He was like, "Yeah, I just forgot. <laughs> we just didn't have electricity for like three nights." Then Sherry Murray, who was the Cincinnati Football Office Administrator, very important people, 2010 to present day. We always had the Women's Football 101, which was a fundraiser for breast cancer. 
and we would do a player fashion show as part of it. Travis, when it was his turn. <laughs> Jen went to one of those once. Yeah, he decided to strip at the top of the runway <laughs> and walk down in his underwear, those compression shorts. So, of course, all 300 of these middle-aged women are hooting and hollering and carrying on. We decided that might be a good time to end the fashion show portion of this program. <laughs> but my favorite one was, so Jason or uh, Travis uh, Kelsey, early in his time at Cincinnati, got in trouble for, for smoking weed, basically. Um, what? Yeah, I know, right? And he was suspended for a whole year. And Jason Kelsey... Uh, convinced was it wasn't brian kelly at the time it was uh butch jones butch jones thank you butch jones to uh allow him to stay on the team under certain conditions and jason kelsey said i'm gonna move him into my bedroom like he's going to sleep in the same we're gonna have twin beds basically in a bedroom and he's gonna sleep in the same room as me like they they were 10 years old <laughs> and so uh one of the teammates at the temple said one time we went out and got some food and came back and the house smelled like weed we're all kind of looking around going who's smoking in here Calero said, Travis was coming up from the basement. He just kind of looked down the hallway like, oh, blank, and then ran. <laughs> <laughs> the temple said they had that industrial trash can in there. They had an industrial trash can in the middle of their living room that was basically just pile of trash. Most people out there understand bachelor behavior. We had a lot of stuff like this. Um, they had a giant trash can in the middle of their living room that was just piled high with like trash, food stuff, pizza boxes. Said, <laughs> Jason took the top of the metal garbage can. He just threw it at Travis like he was Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> Evan Davis said Travis went in and locked himself in their bedroom and then in their bathroom. So part of the hallway wall was on the other side of the bathroom. So Jason punched through it, missed the studs, and went straight through both pieces of drywall into the bathroom. It was a gaping hole. You could fit an average-sized person through it. <laughs> I was just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Did you just break your hand? He's like, no, nah, I'm good. And then sits down and starts eating a Chipotle burrito. He's like, yeah, I blanked him out. And that was it. Evan patched that hole up himself so his parents wouldn't find out about it. <laughs> Jason feels things deeper than anybody I've ever really met. He's always had that relationship with Travis. I think Jason knew that the moment Travis started taking it seriously, he could become something special. Travis didn't want to disappoint Jason. He knew that Jason stuck his neck out for him. It's a hell of a piece. Kind of... Gives you a peek behind their family, which if you listen to their podcast ever, or if just pay attention to them at all, they're pretty, they're pretty fun, pretty awesome. Especially Jason, he's the quintessential offensive lineman. You know, just jolly, but also kind of intense at times. Can tip that way, but really funny guys. But just genuine. Like, there's all these stories going out there. He uh, went by his McDonald's that he normally gets breakfast at and, like, gave the woman at the window a signed jersey because he's a regular there. Like, just all those stories that come out. And it just it brought me back. Because offensive linemen, they always live together in college, you know, and it's just it's a fraternity within the team. It's a team within the team. And that's every offensive lineman's li- uh, house or apartment you've ever been into is exactly like that. Yeah. And even when I stopped playing football and was living with my buddies, my apartment looked exactly like that. <laughs> Like you might have an industrial sized trash can in the middle and a beer pong table and just holes in the wall everywhere, but everybody came over. That's despite, where, yeah, that's where you were going. Despite that smell. <laughs> but yeah, dude, it's, it's a really good piece. I would encourage everybody to read The Athletic. But Jason Kelsey's one of the best interior offensive linemen of the modern era. And I'm glad that in the last couple of years, especially since their Super Bowl win, people have sat up in their seats and taken notice of that because he's always been good, uh, phenomenal. And 
Yeah, if he actually ends up retiring because he's kind of not debunked the report, but sort of been like, look, I was emotional and I'm not sure what I'm I was doing yet. Say, I was going to say, I, I, the, I don't know if I'm rooting for it to happen or not, but I was like, is he going to do a Brady where it's like just to spite Adam Schefter? Yeah. I'm going to play a, a whole other year. Right. <laughs> just so that he can't be the guy that you're not the right. Scoop. You weren't right, Sheppy. I'm, I'm convinced that that's what that Brady, that the plan was to go to Miami and unretire and maybe be like part owner. Yeah. He, he took a flamethrower to his family to just to spite, to spite Adam Schefter because he was pissed that it got, it got leaked. Kelsey, they've been talking about him retiring for the last two seasons. I don't know if he's got another one in him or not. It is a, a tough life getting down in that stance and, and playing center in the NFL. It just is. Playing 13 years in the league is, is a long time at that position. Well, did you see his quote about the tush push? Oh, no. yeah. It wasn't a pro. It's not a pro for radio, but it was hilarious. What he yeah, he basically say. said every time we run the tush push, I, I just close my eyes and kind of scream curse words into the void. Like, I'm getting the worst of this. Yeah. He's getting manhandled F from behind. my life, basically, is what he screams. F my life. And while well, he's just getting smashed into oblivion between That's right. both sides of that business transaction there. That's right. Manhandled from behind. I mean, he if he is going out, this is, because I was looking up the stats, three straight years he's been first team all pro at center. Like, he's going out on top at his position, and which not many people can do. There's really nothing, when you think about it, that can. That, that tends more to make you just like an unbearably dominant team than when you can interior running the ball. When you run the ball between guard center guard like that, like you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And when you can keep pass rush out of your quarterback's direct line of vision, like you, you can do whatever you want. Look, the Jets have not been the same, not to bring it all back to the Jets always, but the truth is they haven't been the same since Mangold retired. You know, I mean, that's that's the truth. He was the anchor to that offensive line. And shot left tackle, but... Mangold in the middle, you know, is something you could set your watch to. Before that, Kevin Mawai in the middle was something you set your watch to. Watching him in space and pulling out, and it was just unbelievable seeing him uh, pull into open space. And I've never seen a, a center that can move like him. But, I mean, that's the type of – people talk about how important left tackle is, and it is. It protects the blind side on the vast majority of quarterbacks in the NFL. There's a reason why it was the highest-paid position outside of quarterback in the NFL up until recently. Right tackle has started to become almost as important, yeah. and they're starting to get paid, but center has always been underrated. And the fact that... Unless you're bad, right? <laughs> we, like like the... No, like Alabama. Yeah. That freaking guy. Oh. Like, the only reason we know about Seth McLaughlin, right? Like, don't we know yeah. him is because the, he couldn't snap the ball right the in the fact freaking that they, Rose Bowl. The fact that... Sorry, I mean, the fact that they didn't have a better option... Yeah. ...was kind of unreal. Like, he, he could block the hell out of somebody, but the man could not complete the first function and the fact that they had those type of of issues and Saban was cooking on the sideline he was steaming but he didn't have recourse he didn't feel comfortable with anybody else on the roster put there is is kind of unreal to me um but you'll see it you've was seen funny them. to see the Ohio State fans because he's transferring to Ohio State they're like he's not gonna be a center here is he right, <laughs> right. No part of the guard or something the guard. Yeah. that's the thing like the they're starting to spend First-round draft picks on centers, like Linda Baum, you know, guys yep. like that. But they, they, it hasn't been the case. Like in the past, just like guard, you know, most of the time it's that you can find a, you know, a good, the best center in the draft you can find in the second round. It's not the case anymore. Kelsey was a six-round pick. Yeah. And that was more common back then. I mean, and you still find starters that late in the draft if you're a good drafter. But he was undervalued coming out of high school and he's undervalued coming out of Cincinnati. 
But now, like with a guy like Tyler Linderbaum, I loved him. He was one of my favorite prospects the last couple of years, and he stepped right in and was was transformational at center, you know, for the Ravens. And people are actually starting to spend first round draft picks more often on interior offensive linemen. Yeah, Quentin Nelson kind of broke that. Quentin seal. Nelson. Yep. Um, Quentin Nelson, Zach uh, Martin. You know, the, the, yeah. there's a lot of different guys that kind of. Uh, went in that direction when Jerry Jones wanted to draft Johnny Football, and they drafted Zach Martin instead. And that was the thing I talked about uh, uh, Fredrickson earlier. Like that, that interior lineman was why, it, and, and Smith. Like that was why the Cowboys were so good. But it started with that interior uh, and two All Pros at Garden Center. Uh, and and it, it's funny that the, the at this point they're finally valuing interior linemen the way they should. Uh, in the NFL, especially center, you have to be so smart and so consistent at that position. Let's get uh, Chris in here before we get too late. Here, Chris, welcome into the drive on Ninth on the Well. What's up, buddy? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing today? Good, man. man. What's up? Hey, just kind of hitting on you. I'm driving home and uh, listening to the, uh, y'all talking about the Kelsey uh, podcast yeah. and all that stuff. Two things. Uh, one, uh, the one why Travis wears 87. I don't know if y'all seen that. That's because that's, that was the year of his brother when his brother was born. And he mm-hmm. said that's why he wears it just because of all the – you know, the stuff that his brother's done for him to help him get in the league. <laughs> and then I was watching on, on TikTok today about after the last game when they got beat at Tampa, that he was walking out with the flip-flops kind of by himself, and some of the Eagles fans were still there yelling at him in the end zone, and they had a bunch of beers. And he came over, grabbed some beers, and was, and was chugging some beers with them, just thanking them. It was, it was so cool. If y'all haven't seen that, it's pretty cool to watch. Kelsey just grabbed that beer. He was like, thank you guys for the from, from the people in the in the in the crowd still waiting for me, he just he just hammered two beers and walked onto the bus. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, go cards tonight. Yep. Appreciate it. Thank you, uh, Chris. Yeah, the Kelsey brothers are. I, I was just talking with you just for a second in the break. Like their mom has to be the proudest mom in the world. Yeah. Right? Like both your sons grow up to be world class athletes and and good people who represent well. Oh, and and one of your sons is dating the most famous lady on the planet right now. Not bad. Not bad. Not Not bad. bad. Oh. And like, they, I guess it's all right. I guess that's they just, are that's, good know. people. We played that clip yesterday yeah. of, uh, of J- Jason Kelsey talking about Philadelphia wasn't isn't bad as long as you're not fake. Yeah. Uh, and I I love that. It's the very attitude we were just talking about. You know, having that kind of attitude towards the media and the outside. He gets it. Pass on. That's the thing. Like if you. Anyway, Philadelphia is tough. It's a tough city to be a professional athlete. It's a tough city in a lot of ways. But if you but buy it's not into impossible. it, no, if you buy into it, just like any other tough market, they will love you forever. And it's probably easier as a offensive lineman to be beloved than like a quarterback, just because you don't take the blame as much. But it's a little bit easier when you're first team all pro and are just consistently excellent at your job. Isn't it? It's funny they have such a reputation. Uh, as a fan base, which I don't care if you think it's fair or not, it doesn't it doesn't matter uh, to me. But I, 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 the thing I think about always is when I think it was when the Phillies won the World Series and they beat the Rays. Mm-hmm. They greased all the poles in downtown yep. so that people couldn't climb them in mm-hmm. the celebration. And I have never heard of anyone else having to do that. Just Philly greasing up all the poles downtown. I think they did when they won the Super Bowl too, because that's I mean. They they love their sports, but like football is obviously the king. But that's yeah, only Philadelphia need to grease the poles and like, hey, do not climb on top of this. And the, didn't they kill the robot? Like the one, 
Didn't they destroy the robot in Philly? The one that was like traveling like through cities and that's I forget what it's called now. I think I think I'm pretty sure, sure like, you're like, tore about. that thing apart. That sounds vaguely familiar. But it's I don't think one Philly of those things is like not true. It's like some sort of stupid lie. Mandela effect. Yeah. Most most Philly fans don't really fight you on their reputation though. From what I've understood, like from they lean into it. the Philly fans that I know, Process. they kind of lean into it. Yeah, they don't really like. Yeah, we we pelted Santa Claus with hard objects wrapped in snowballs. Yes, we did that. I mean, when Rondé Barber's running that pick six in to, to wrap up a Super Bowl bar, there are snowballs landing at his feet. Yeah, <laughs> as he's yeah. running in. Yeah, they don't fool around there. No, they don't mess around, and I don't care. It's fine. Whatever. You think the Bucks got any chance this weekend? I think everybody has a chance this weekend. I think so, too. Yeah, I think they do. They have a chance. I think all four games are going to be close. I do, too. I uh, I think Baltimore is going to be the most lopsided. Like, I think they cover. It's so. like nine points. Like I, Houston's a good team, obviously, but I think they're a little too early. Kind of reminds me of Houston a couple of years yeah. ago when they made it to the divisional round yep. and, and lost to Kansas City and really had that game. They had a big lead in that game. If yeah, there's it was like 20-nothing. If there's one game that I would – think would be a blowout like if you said well one game is going to be a blowout i'd say baltimore houston yeah. but i don't want to bet that spread nine's a lot man yeah. i just don't i don't want to bet that spread i think that i could see houston or i could see baltimore controlling that game pretty well and still not winning by more than nine points you know like that's just that's a, that's a lot of points against a good team and a good a, a really good quarterback really yeah. well and sanford's offense like i'm not gonna necessarily i don't know where i'm leaning right now i'll wait till like the day of to bet it but like they could easily whip Green Bay just because more experience and Green Bay's youth and everything. Green Bay is the NFC Texans, aren't they? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, you have first first year, yeah, this starting year, quarterbacks, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just in that regard, obviously that's they've been consistently pretty good. Just the quarterback changed mm-hmm. young and kind of got right back to it way faster than people thought. Yeah, a, a lot bigger test I think this week for for Jordan Love against that defense for sure. But if he plays well again, look out, man. I agree. It's such a rich history. Like you know, we've had a lot of Niners Packers uh playoff games that have been pretty pretty pivotal and pretty epic in the last thirty years. Oh one is the last time Green Bay's beat San Francisco in the playoffs. There you go. Aaron Rodgers famously 0 and four against them, yep. despite him saying you're gonna regret picking Always <laughs> Yeah, always with that. That 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 was always the uh the storyline. And he never got over that hump. All right. Boo-hoo. Tip tonight of Louisville and North Carolina network pregame coverage starts seven thirty, uh, and then we'll have after uh, the network postgame show we'll have the uh, ESPN Louisville postgame show here on ninety three nine The Ville as well. You've been listening to the drive on ninety three Nine The Ville. See you.